Good morning! Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. This morning's episode is titled, The Bloody Rise of Atalia to the Throne. It shall be focused on a study of 2 Chronicles chapter 22. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And as we look at the wickedness of Atalia, and Lord, to recognize that that evil ran a long line all the way from Jezebel. So Father, we, and even from her family going back, Father, we know that you've, like Jehoshaphat, you told you, rebuked him for yoking himself with those that love evil and those that hate God. Father, may you help us to associate ourselves with believers, whether it's in relationships between boys and girls, dating to a marriage, or it's in friendships. May you help us to maintain the same attitude. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to 2 Chronicles chapter 22. Chapter 22 And the inhabitants of Jerusalem made Ahaziah his youngest son king in his stead. For the band of men that came with the Arabians to the camp had slain all the eldest. So Ahaziah the son of Jehoram king of Judah reigned. Forty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Athaliah, the daughter of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. Wherefore he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like the house of Ahab, for they were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. He walked also after their counsel, and went with Jehoram the son of Ahab king of Israel to war against Hazael king of Syria, at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Syrians smote Joram. And he returned to be healed in Jezreel, because of the wounds which were given him at Ramah, when he fought with Hazael, king of Syria. And Azariah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, went down to see Jehoram, the son of Ahab, at Jezreel, because he was sick. And the destruction of Ahaziah was of God by coming to Joram. For when he was come, he went out with Jehoram against Jehu, the son of Nimshai, whom the Lord had anointed to cut off the house of Ahab. And it came to pass that when Jehu was executing judgment upon the house of Ahab, and found the princes of Judah and the sons of the brethren of Ahaziah that ministered to Ahaziah, he slew them. And he sought Ahaziah, and they caught him, for he was hid in Samaria, and brought him to Jehu. And when they had slain him, they buried him. Because, said they, he is the son of Jehoshaphat, who sought the Lord with all his heart. So the house of Ahaziah had no power to keep still the kingdom. But when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the seed royal of the house of Judah. But Jehoshabeath, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons that were slain and put him and his nurse in a bedchamber. So Jehoshabeath, the daughter of King Jehoram, the wife of Jehoiada the priest, for she was the sister of Ahaziah, hid him from Athaliah, so that she slew him not. And he was with them hid in the house of God six years, and Athaliah reigned over the land. Up next, 
we shall listen to her sermon by Reverend William Branham titled The Sardesian Church Age. This was preached in 1960 on December the 9th. We'll begin at paragraph 27 up to paragraph 69. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now tonight we're beginning on the fifth church age, which is the church age of Sardis. S-A-R-D-I-S. Sardis. And the messenger to this church age was Martin Luther. Becomes more familiar to the Bible scholar, or this teacher, or the laity rather today. And that church age began in 1520 and ended in 1750. 1520 to 1750. And the uh, age of what we call Reformation age. And the complaint was using their own name. And the reward for the little remnant that was left was to walk before him in white raiment and their names in the Lamb's Book of Life. May the Lord bless us as we undertake now. Now we begin on the first verse of the third chapter of this church age. The message to Sardis, the period of the Reformation, a small believing remnant left, just almost out. Now, to some of the newcomers, you might say on this share that so that you won't be behind in it. It's rather crude. And sometime we're going to come where we can place our messages out on the draw it up, come in the afternoon, fix it up. May do it Sunday. Now, these each represent the, first, the church age. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This beginning with Philadelphia, and this up here represents the, the Pentecostal power or a church that was on Pentecost. It was quite a large church at the beginning, but they started a, a, a denominational spirit coming among them trying to denominate the church, which was called the Deeds of the Nicolaitans. Can you hear me way back? All right. Uh, the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Now, it wasn't a doctrine yet. And then we took the word and broke it down. What was deeds? What was Nicolaitan? That's a foreign name to us. Nicolaitan. So I took the Greek and broke it down. And Nicol means to conquer or to overcome or overthrow something. Nicolaitan. Latian is the church. Laity. Nicolaitan. Uh, a deeds that was trying to overthrow the laity and put all the blessing and the only one to read the Bible, the only one to give the interpretation would be the bishop or some great head person of the church. Then we find out in the second church age it would begin to squeeze way out. This is still Pentecost. And um, this is denomination. D. Now, in the third church age, Pergamus Pentecost was almost squeezed out. But the doctrine of denomination, it become from a deed here all the way to a doctrine here. Then there's really get married right here. They married the this group here that had overpowered the Pentecostal groups. Now the way I'm saying that, brethren, that is the honest fact. That's according to the sacred writings of the histories. 
the books of the Nicene Council, Fox Book of the Martyrs, and all the great ancient writings. I've got some of the oldest manuscripts there is. And every one I say this with not, not saying I'm Pentecost. That don't mean, when I say Pentecost, that doesn't mean this organization of the day we're living in. That's just as guilty as the rest of them. But I mean the real Pentecostal. The real Spirit of God with the original doctrine, with the original blessings, with the original names, with everything exactly the way it began at the beginning, like it went through the Bible. Now, then when we come to this age, you see how far Pentecost comes up? Can you see it in the back all right? Can you make it out way back there? All right. Now, here come last night, the great age that we're in here, Constantine. Constantine. C-O-N-F, I'll put it. He, being a pagan, was, as these Christians here, the ones that had the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, if they would pray that he would win a certain battle, well, he would become a Christian. During that time when he was at battle, he dreamed a dream that he should, uh, by a white cross that was put before him, he said, by this you win. That's right. Then he woke his army up and painted on their shields a white cross. And that was the birthplace or the beginning of the Catholic order today called the Knights of Columbus. Now, now Constantine... There's, you can't glean one thing from the histories of him being converted. He was nothing but a crooked politician. He had in his mind the idea to, to unite his kingdom and make it strong. So he himself, being a pagan, worshipped the idols. Then he seen that the doctrine of the Nicolaitans had almost squeezed out to a place, so he used the same strategy that we found out last night and Jesus predicted it 304 years before it come to pass that he would teach the doctrine of Balaam. How that Balaam deceived the children of Israel, caused them to commit fornications and, and offered, take things offered to idols, eat things. Now, we know that eating these things offered to idols, what it really was was worshiping. Going in, they were bowing down to idols. Putting idols back in the Christian church, just like Balaam did. Back there had Israel to commit fornications, to go to this big feast of the idol. Well, Constantine did the same thing with his strategy, and he made a church. He gave a lot at the Nicene Council, and then they, he made a, a lot of um, great buildings that he had. And he converted these into churches. And then he made a big marble altar, decorated with gold and gems. Up above there, he put like a throne. And he made one man, the head, like a, he was called then a bishop. And they put him up on this throne. Uh, Boniface III uh, was a throne. Not only did he walk around with clothes on like the, the peasant did, but they made him a, a great... Uh, fine robes and dressed him up like a god and set him up there and called him the Viker. Viker or the vic Vicarious Ophelia Adelia means instead of the Son of God. 
Now, here's the image that has wisdom. Draw right that out. Vicarious, Ophelia, Delia. And then when you draw a line over here and add the numbers, and you got exactly what God said the mark of the beast was, 666. Amen. Amen. Vicarious, Ophelia. Now, I've been in Rome and been in the Vatican. And the triple crown, jurisdiction, hell, heaven, and purgatory. See? Seen the crown, seen the vest, seen right there. Actually, on a Thursday afternoon at 3 o'clock, I was supposed to meet the last pope that was there. Baron von Bonberg had there, and he said, Now, when you go, Brother Branham, the first thing you have to do is bow down on your right knee and kiss that ring. I said, That's out. That's out. Just forget it. Amen. I said, I, give, I have nothing against the man. He, he, but, they say, but I said, there's one thing. I'll give a man his title if he's reverend. Uh, that's all right. Bishop, elder, doctor, whatever. I'll gladly suit a man, but do a worship to a man. I owe my homage to one man, Jesus Christ. Amen. That's the only man I doubt. Bow for us. So just forget it. Just cancel it out. I wouldn't take it. And so um, I, after coming home, I found out there was another great American did that too, Teddy Roosevelt. He refused to do it on account. Remember that in history? That he refused to see the Pope because he had to kiss his ring or they have it on a big toe also, you know. So, oh, no. No, that's not. So however, in, now as Balaam, then we found out last night over, now here first before we leave here, they consolidated this church and married got some pagan ideas, pagan idols that was in the church, the God of Jupiter, the God of the Sun, the God of Mars, the God of Venus, and all those idols of gods, and he took all them out of the pagan churches and put up Paul, Peter, Virgin Mary, all those, and said, here is your biker, because Jesus told Peter, I gave you the keys, and he is an apostolic successor. That's still Catholic doctrine to this day. And they put up idols. And what did they do? Brought idol worship into Christianity. So-called Christianity. Not real Christianity. Because the little Pentecostals, I remember, I, don't, I didn't say Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. They're not all. But the real genuine article of God was Pentecost. Was, is, and will always be. Amen. That's where the church began, right here with Pentecostal power. Now, you say, is that right, Brother Bram? I'll ask you to take the histories and look down through the stream of time to hear and find out if every one of those real, true children of God didn't hold on to that Pentecostal blessing. Amen. Spoken tongues, interpret tongues, had signs and wonders, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Everything that the apostles did, they did too, right down through that. That's reason. In their reading the history, I took Paul and Irenaeus and, um, and, and, and down to St. Martin, Columbus. Every one of those men plumbed down into this age here had signs and wonders. All right. You said this. The mic was having a little... Uh, is that better? Yes. All right. No, you shake their head. They can't hear it all now, Bill. All right, can you, is it, oh, you hear me now? Now, how's that? Is that better? Is that, everybody says, all right, Paul. That's one mark against you. <laughs> all right. Okay. Now, in this age here then, when he made up this great big thing and put up this man here as a universal bishop over all the churches, 
give them plenty of money and so forth and promised them and did unite the church and state together and let the church control the state. Made him a great man. So there is exactly what Constantine did is the very same thing that we found over in this other church that what God said that um, in the days of Elijah that they suffered that woman Jezebel to subdue his children. That taking place in the dark age. Look at where Pentecost is now. By my. Just black it out. And for almost 1,000 years, it, from about 500 to 1,500, right at 606 to 530, uh, 520 is exact numbers, but right on 1,000 years, there were bloody persecutions. Read the history. Amen. Now, a Catholic will tell you that the Christian church, they was a Christian church. They are the denominational Christian church. But the true Pentecostals was pressed out, Amen. killed and murdered and put to death Amen. by the popes and bishops and so forth, bloody as it could be. Amen. Now, someday that's going to cost me my life, see, to say that. Well, that's one thing, sure. I know which way I'm headed. Amen. This keeps dripping with blood. But it's getting an hour and hour. You see, according to what's going on in the nation, it isn't going to be long. Don't you never back up on that. That's the truth. Be right with it. Mingle your blood like them in that day. Now, in here, you see what's taking place. Then in here, the Jezebel doctrine come in. Jezebel was a woman, a pagan. Who Ahab did the same thing that Constantine did, married this woman in order to strengthen his kingdom and brought idolatry into Israel just exactly like Constantine did back there. And the Pentecost was almost gone completely. Now, God raised up Martin Luther. I want you to notice how it goes out here and almost fades completely out, then barely starts here. It comes down to here. Now, I kind of marked across that because it's a it's a great lesson for Sunday night, the Lord willing. Now, now we we're kind of caught up now to where we're at. Now, right in here is the, the dark age, right here. It's from 1500, um, from 606 to 1520. Right here, I'll put this here, show you. 606 to 1520. That's the dark age, this church right here. The dark age. Now, this church that we're coming out on now is the Lutheran church. Now, most everyone back there, those people died out in the, these men like Irenaeus and Martin, Colombo, and they faded out. And now, you take anybody that wants to, search back any history you wish to, if it's an authentic history, and when they tell you that St. Patrick was a Catholic, they don't know what they're talking about. St. Patrick protested the Catholic Church and never went to Rome and firmly refused their doctrine. Amen. Exactly right. You go to Northern England, Ireland today, and you see the same thing. St. Patrick was a man of God. Hallelujah. Amen. But St. Patrick, when he said in there that he, he chased all the snakes out of Ireland, that was a legend. How many of you ever read and heard about William Tell shooting an apple off his boy's head? That's a Catholic legend. Never was a word of it so. I was right there where it's supposed to happen. It's wrote up there. A legend, not so. In Switzerland. Billy and I sitting right there by the side of Lake Luzon. Where he done the, the thing, he shot a man. That's true, but not an apple off his boy's head. That's just legends, superstitions, and things. It never was so. They have no record of it there where it happened or anything that they ever did it. And it really spills her out there and tells what it was. Now, but in this, it is no, 
actually history that says he doesn't. So now, in here, in the church age, that's where it almost faded out. Completely gone out of existence. Now, in this other age comes the age of Reformation. Now, these saints here, after almost a thousand years of blackness and darkness and fading out and so forth like that, the church kind of lost the sight of Irenaeus. He was a great man, a godly man. So was many hundreds of those precious saints. Gave their life's blood just as freely stand that arena as they could. See, for the cause of Christ, for the baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, for speaking in tongues, the resurrection of Jesus Christ living in the life and His divine presence there. While a people that call themselves Christians was persecuting. Right? It's exactly. Oh, it's a it's a demonized uh, uh, legion of hell deserving. I don't know what. Come up like that and form themselves and make themselves, calls herself a prophetess, a divine interpreter of the word. Nobody knows it but them. Calls herself, but she is a liar. But at the same time, God is angel there with the truth. The truth will always go back to this. Always go back to the original because God never changes from that. Now, and we found out also last night. Before we leave this, so it'll be settled in your heart. Not only did in the type Jezebel, she had a daughter. You remember that? And Revelation 13 said this prostate church, Rome, had daughters. She was a mother of harlots. Is that true? Amen. Jezebel had a daughter. And what did Jezebel do with her daughter? See all those things, types and shadows? Jezebel seen that her daughter married Jerome, which was the son of Jehoshaphat in Judea. Israel was divided at the time, like this. Here is Jerusalem, here, and here is Judea, here. Well, Ahab was here, and Jerome was here. All right? Jezebel had this conquered. All Israel taken idols. Then, all but Elijah and that little faithful group. All right? Now, over on this side was Jerome, over Judah, and when she had the baby by Ahab, she'd taken this girl and married her to Jerome's son, yeah. uh, to Jehoshaphat's son, which was Jerome, and brought idolatry into Judah, Amen. and put pagan altars in uh, Jerusalem. That's exactly Amen. what the Catholic Amen. Church done. She stuck out her doctrine of denomination and so forth, and cut the Holy Spirit out of the church down here Amen. with her daughter, Luther, Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, and so forth. Amen. Exactly Amen. what she done. The Bible said she's a mother of harlots. Amen. Now, you just look through the Scriptures. You see, you see anything any otherwise different in Scripture and history hitting exactly on them same marks, you come to me as a gentleman. See, that's right. It's not there. These denominations are poisonous things we've ever had in Protestantism. Amen. Amen. Trying to make man govern the church. Another uh, uh, image like the one that's set on that throne. Amen. The head bishop, the general overseers of Pentecost. Well, now let me see. What's his doctrine? Oh, he baptized in Jesus' name? He can't come in this. No, sir, brother. You turn it down, and that's turned down, too. I'll give you understand. Don't any of you go to that meeting over there. Thumbs down. No matter how sick you are, stay away. No matter what God's doing, if you ain't looking through our glasses, why, you're not seeing at all. For our image unto the beast. And the image had life to speak. It's exactly right. If you don't think they speak, just cross them up a little bit. Amen. Amen. Sure get in trouble. Amen. I remember Tulsa, Oklahoma, I was, oh, I was getting an awful mess there. Them denomination been swinging around there, and I 
Well, I was sitting in the building one day and I seen a, a vision. I seen a, a little pretty little old kitten and he's laying on a silk pillar. And he was a cutest little fella. And I walked over there and I'm afraid of a cat. And I went over and I began to rake him and he's going, purr, purr. You know how they do that funny noise, you know? I was raking him and I said, pretty little kitty. And he said, purr. This is fine, you know? And uh, I looked over behind his pillar and said, Pentecostal kitten. I thought, now, isn't that strange? Now, this has got to be a vision. And something said, as long as you rake his fur this way, all right. Well, now, if you want to see what he's made out of, rake his fur backwards. <laughs> and when I raked his fur back, them eyes stuck out green, and he was a monster standing there spitting at me as hard as he could. See? Just rake his fur back a little bit. Tell him his baptism of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost is of the devil and of the Catholic Church. Watch what happens to him. His fur's get up. I come down and said to Brother Gene, and then down there, oh, Brother Leo, him, I said, I sure had a real vision of Pentecostal denomination. <laughs> now, the third chapter, let's, first, Sardis is a dead church. It's dead because it got killed during this time. Just a little stretch of life, we'll find out in a few minutes what it was, just a little bit. From 1520 to 1750 was this uh, Sardis age. And the star or the angel of the star that was in his hand, which was the angel or the messenger of that church. Is that clearly understood that the star was a angel and an angel is a messenger to that age? Amen. Amen. Right. Now we have finished with the Nicene Council. She died back in there and all come into power and glory, church and state united. And can anyone remember what the lesson said last night? What many of those people thought? The millennium was on. Yeah. And all the bringing in the millennium without the coming of Christ. See? The coming of Christ issues in the millennium. Amen. Amen. First thing. And in those days they had, if you take the history, you find out they had false Jesuses rise up and everything else, see? Yeah. And uh, they even thought that the Pope was Jesus, calling him a biker instead of the Son of God. Yeah, yeah. big holy God like sitting there. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that when Jesus comes, before he comes, there will rise false prophets. Amen. And there will rise false Jesuses. Amen. That's right. But let me just drop this into your heart. There will never be a Jesus set a foot on this earth until the church done raptured and gone. Amen. I just bear that in mind. Because there will be false Christ rise up. But Jesus will not be here on earth because the trumpet sounds and he never comes. We meet him in the air. Amen. The church is already gone. And then when Jesus appears, there'll be the returning back. Amen. The Gentiles goes to meet him in the air. Amen. That's scripture? Amen. You go to meet him in the air and then we go up and Jesus has never puts his feet on the earth until the church has been raptured and tucked home and the wedding supper is over. Amen. Then he returns back at the Jewish remnant. So now... It was finished in Nicene Council. The church had been uh, been under the papal reign for almost a thousand years. They had killed off all who disagreed with them. That's right. You either come under that or you was you was, you was killed, like Jezebel did uh, to Israel. The Holy Spirit had left all together, but just the very few during this age. Like Elijah and the remnant of Israel, they had not bowed a knee to Balaam. If you'd like to read that, then that's 1 Kings, the 19th chapter and the 18th verse. 
when Elijah was standing back there in the cave and he said, Lord, they've killed all your prophets. They've done everything. And I, I'm alone. I'm the only one to escape. But God told him he had several hundred yet that hadn't bowed their knee to bait and the laity out there. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, as we see the description in the Sardisian Church Age message here of the marriage of church and state, Father, it gives us pause to recognize the degree of evil that came within the ranks of the church through deception and through the Catholic Church. Father, may you help us to escape the rest of the denominationalism along associated with it and the evil with it. But Father, to recognize that you have set us apart to be a bride that follows your word. So help us, Father, to be that way. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
looking for that day, man.